There are some games you just want to forget, and Monday Night's loss to Wake Forest is one of those. We're going to dive into what happened and talk all about the loss to the Demon Deacons on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit sonos.com to learn more. Boston College crushed on Monday by the Wake Forest Demon Deacons as they lose a game that was never, ever even close, 87-57. What were the issues in this? You name it, it was an issue. Boston College could not shoot. They shot 24% on the game. They were under 20, around 20% going into halftime and got a little better in the second half. But man, they just could not. It felt like the it felt like the rims were rigged. <laughs> I mean, BC had some good shots in there. They just couldn't get anything to bounce. They could not play any defense. Now, Wake Forest, Wake Forest is a team that is actually one of the more interesting success stories in the ACC. They're 17 and 4 now. They are a well-balanced, well-designed uh, team that has a lot of talent. Alondis Williams, their transfer from Oklahoma, led the game with 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. And, but it wasn't just him. I mean, Steve Forbes, who has been their head coach now for three years, has put together a team that is well-balanced, well-coached, and can execute. And that's what we saw on Monday night. I mean, they had five guys in double figures, and it just felt like they just had a constant wave of players that could make shots. And while Boston College was flubbing all over themselves and they just couldn't seem to get anything going, Wake just kept hitting them. And they were, you know, they went on a run at the beginning of the first half. The game was kind of close and BC was doing nice a nice job to start the game on defense. They had a couple of early steals, looking pretty good. And then Wake just rips off a run. It was like 20 a 25 to 8 run and that was it. I mean, BC was down by 17 points at that point. The The lead blew, ballooned to 34 by the end of the game. I mean, just ugly loss. It's one of those games, as I just said, you just want to wanna put it in the trash and walk away from it. But what do you take away from this game? I mean, this is one of those losses, just like the UNC game a couple weeks ago, where Boston College, there wasn't anything really positive to take away. You know, there was some good defense at the beginning, but when everything fell apart, they just could not get – they had no answers. They didn't have the athletes. Just as the game wore on, Wake Forest just continued to assert their will to do whatever they needed to do to win this game, and that was it. I mean, what you get out of Boston College in a game like this is 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 what you're going to get. I mean, I, what's worrisome about this is it leads right into the UNC game where they're going to go play a team that they already got smoked by on the road this time after a, another bad loss in a game in a, in a week where they're playing three games. So. Just buckle in. I'm not saying that, you know, I want you to stay po – it's good to stay positive about this team because the thing with Boston College this year is they pull off wins when you don't expect it. And you get these games like today. You get the games like Albany and UNC where it's – you're just like, oh, man, this is just going in the wrong direction. But <clears throat> as I preached all season, this is going to be a season of ups and downs. Like I'm just going to keep press pressing that because – you know, heading into this year, we said, you know, one or two ACC wins is probably what you're expecting. They already got three. 
they're going to have more and they probably will, they you know they have a, a win a, a winnable game at the end of this week so you know maybe they 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 challenge UNC who lost i believe to Miami earlier this week um and and could you know maybe maybe catch them napping but this was a tough loss and it it just shows you though from overall what a good hire can do for a program Steve Forbes is is an excellent coach and he's got a he's got Wake Forest heading in, in deep into the ACC tournament and definitely is an NCAA team and it could show you the blueprint of what Boston College could do to get back into tournament play and get their program back where it needs to be you know it, it does does Wake Forest have any first round draft picks on that team no they have that transfer from Oklahoma Alondis Williams but he's he's no more than a second round draft pick and you know, those guys are not going to end up much in the NBA. What that team has is the Carter Witts and the Davian Williamsons and the Isaiah Mucius. They've got a lot of just guys that can score in buckets. I mean, a team that's averaging 79 points a game, that is a, a, a good, good roster. And that's what you can win on. Now, Boston College is not going to set their roster up to score 79 points a game. It looks like Grant is more towards heading towards getting a defense. But you know what I mean? Like... The Wake Forest has found their identity. They're a high-scoring, very fast-moving offense. That's how they're going to win a lot of games. BC can still win games, just like UVA did a couple years ago, by mucking things up and, and playing good defense. So, you know, it's still a couple years away, but uh, you could see what, what... It only took three years under this new head coach for Wake Forest to do it. Why can't Boston College do it as well? I mean, they don't have the history that Wake does, because Wake has, you know... Tim Duncans and the Chris Pauls, but they could do it if they hold on. Now, in a moment, we're going to continue our offensive coordinator talk in terms of what Boston College, where they are probably at at this point, and what could be holding up their search and announcement of a new offensive coordinator. Now, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. We're talking football now. We just talked a little bit about the basketball game from today, but let's chat a little bit about where Boston College currently stands with the offensive coordinator search. Now, Frank Signetti over the weekend, as we reported earlier, uh, signed his official deal with the Pittsburgh uh, Pan- uh, Panthers. He's going to be their offensive coordinator. I saw a, um, a article in the Pittsburgh Gazette today saying it was a real coup to get Frank Signetti. So congratulations to them. Um, I mean, he's gonna he's walking into quite the situation there uh, with a great offense with Keaton Slovis and Jordan Addison. But who does Boston College go with? We had Mitch Wolf on two weeks ago. You can go check that episode out to talk about some of the potential um, candidates for this job. And we are now into week two of probably where the search is. I mean, I know Signetti just announced this week, but Boston College knew. He's off of their website already. So where do I think Boston College is going with this search? Now, one thing that would strike me as something to kind of keep an eye on is I have to wonder if it. There's two things I think of here. There's it's taking a while. First of all, everyone's going. Why is this taking a while? Why hasn't Boston College named anyone yet? Um, and there could be a bunch of different reasons. So let's kind of just let's throw it all on the table and kind of dissect what's going on and see where you think it is and where I think it is. 
So one of the reasons I it, it could be going slow is Jeff Halfley has been in the past a little bit more methodical and slower in his decision making. Now, when he was hired, it took him about a month to hire his coordinator. Now, I don't think he's going to take that long for this one, but he do he could take a little bit of time, you know, maybe get to know them, get to know what their personality is like, hear about their schemes and what they want to do with this offense, how they're going to work with Jakovic, how they're going to work with the young quarterbacks and that offensive line. I'm sure that, you know, have, how he's going to work with those other coaches, recruiting. There's a lot he probably wants to kind of gather to get that information. That could be one reason why they're going slow. Another, if you're into thinking uh, outside of the box, is that the coach is pro- probably still coaching in one of, uh, one of these uh, NFL playoff games. Maybe it's a team that was just eliminated. Maybe it's a team still in the playoffs. Now, you know that coaches like in the NFL, guys like Byron Lefwich and Brian Dabble, those are guys that have to had to wait before to lose before coaches could, uh, they could be interviewed by other programs, other teams. So there's a possibility if there's a wide receiver coach or a quarterback coach that Boston College had targeted. I know uh, Mitch brought up uh, Bicknell, who is the wide receiver coach for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, he, that was just the name he threw out there. They're still in there. Maybe they, that's a reason why we haven't heard anything yet. Now, there are names out there that have been linked to Boston College football in terms of who could be the next offensive coordinator. And as I said, Mitch had that one name from the Bengals. I really haven't heard all that much. So where am I in this whole process? Where do I think Boston College is at? I think they have a name. I If, if I'm guessing Jeff Halfley knows who he wants to hire, he's either got a couple names or one name and he's interviewing I think we'll probably find out by the end of this week because not only, you know, when I said earlier that Jeff Halfley took a little bit of time to, to, um, you know, flesh out who he wanted in that first round, that made sense. It was in a, it was near the signing period had already gone through. It didn't really make that much of a difference. It takes a month. You know, he's still got a couple, you know, uh, pokers in the fire for guys that he's trying to recruit. And as you've seen on BCBulletin.com and on Murray and Gold forums, this group has been going crazy for <laughs> making new offers to the class of 23, 24, and 25. So recruiting has picked up. And if you want to make you know your initial move on a quarterback, if you want to get that class of 23 quarterback, whether it's William Watson or four-star Cameron Edge or J.J. Cole from uh, Iowa that they offered, or even Archie Manning. Arch Manning. I'm kidding. They have no chance at Arch Manning. <laughs> but if they're trying to get involved in that, you need a quarter. You need a quarterbacks coach and you need an offensive coordinator to sell your system to these quarterbacks. So you have to imagine that they're going to want to get that name in there soon so that they're not, not falling behind the eight ball when it comes to recruiting on the, the on the trail. Again, like part of it's because you want to sell it to the recruits, but also you don't want to bring have Jeff Halfley pick out a quarterback that doesn't fit his system of this new quarterback, uh, new quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. And you want to have your go-to guy, your coordinator, your coach be able to look at film and go, that's the guy that'll fit best in my system. That's the guy I like. I see this, this, and this. I like that about him. This guy, you know, he's higher on a board from when, when you had Frank Zanetti here, but I see some worrisome stuff. I don't think he's the right fit. So I think that Boston College is going to need to move quick on this offensive coordinator position. I think they will because they need to in order to recruit and to kind of settle things down with this, with this roster. Now, there's been a bunch of guys that have entered the transfer portal. 
you know, I, I there's four wide receivers in there. I don't think any of them have left because of Frank Stignetti. Honestly, I think it was more of a group uh, decision between the staff and these recruits to move on because they're 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 up against it with the with the roster size given the super senior issue where kids are getting extra years of eligibility and really screwing up college rosters. So I don't think any of these guys have left because of that, but. You want that guy. You know, you have the top of your chart. You have Jeff Halfley, and it branches out to Tim Lokabu. And right now, there's a big, giant question mark. And you can settle that up when you get your offensive coordinator. And unless it is someone still in football playing right now in the NFL, coaching right now in the NFL, I think we'll find out soon who that name will be. And stay tuned to bcbulletin.com. We'll be sure to give you any news as soon as it breaks. Now, Later on in this week, just to give you a little little uh, taste of what we're going to have, it's not just going to be me talking. On Thursday, we're going to have uh, Dan Rubin on to talk uh, bceagles.com. He's going to chat with us about the women's basketball team and help preview the Georgia Tech game, a big matchup for the ladies. And then on Friday, we're going to have Mitch Wolf on to talk about all the postseason bowl games. He's going to give some previews and analysis of some of the the stats that are coming out in terms of measurements and what to expect from some of Boston College players as they head into postseason play. So make sure to check out both of those episodes and be prepared. They're going to be some good ones. Now, in our final segment, we're going to go into some news, including some football news, a little bit of basketball discussion and everything in between. You don't want to hear that. Hey, Eagles fans, this is AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get that 50 cents cash back. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to use your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Make sure to just download that free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get 50, 50 cents on that first fill-up. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Check out my work there and become a member of Maroon and Gold Forums. It's our free message board for Boston College fans. You can talk about BC sports. You can talk about BC anything on there with other diehard Boston College fans. It's a great place to join, and it's free. There's a free board. There's a pay board. If you're a premium member out of my site, you get the premium stuff. If you're free, you want the free stuff, have fun there too. Uh, but check that out. So, Let's check in the, on the news from Boston College on uh, this weekend. So one of the big news stories was Joe Yukaka, a former Boston College football head coach, passed away at the age of 90. He's a member of the Varsity College Hall of Fame Club, and he coached from 1968 to 1977. His teams were 68 and 37 uh, including he was the coach of the year in New England in 1971 when he had a 9-2 uh, and two record there. So uh, rest in peace to Yukaka. I apologize if I get his name wrong. Um, but obviously a big coach in Boston College's history. Another piece of news is it sounds like Jack McBain, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be a member of Team Canada in the Hockey Olympics. <laughs> Man, we're talking about how poorly Boston College hockey has been playing. They're going to be without Mark McLaughlin, uh, Drew Hellison, and... Jack McBain going into some big-time games, and I believe he's going to miss the Beanpot. So Boston College is really going to be playing shorthanded in this series. So yikes. Buckle up. It's going to get rough. And back to football talk. Now this weekend, I mean, if you were watching NFL football, you got one of the best weekends 
in in sports history. I mean, every single game in the NFL this weekend was an all-time classic. Now, if you were me, you would have struck out and swift 0-4 on all your bets on Bet Online, but that's a whole other story. But they were great games. I mean, between um, the, the 49ers blocking that punt, kicking a field goal to knock off Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady almost coming back, but then the Rams getting that amazing pass to uh, Cooper Cup from Matthew Stafford and then um, on a blown coverage. And then that Bills game. Oh, my goodness. That game was insane. Uh, you know, 28 points in the last what, two and a half minutes. Back and forth. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right this at this moment. Josh Allen has got the one of the biggest bazookas for an arm I've ever seen in football. And he was just hitting shot after shot after shot. And Patrick Mahomes, he did the same thing. Uh, but it all came down to that coin flip in overtime, and that was it. You know, they hit a pass to Travis Kelsey, and then they hit the touchdown to end it to Kelsey, and that was it. That was Kansas City, easy, uh, you know, snipes an easy win. Not an easy win, a hard-fought win, and one of the best football games I have ever seen. But with that win, that knocked out two more Boston College players out of the playoffs. We saw A.J. Dillon go out in the week before, and uh, along with Isaac Yitam, who we talked about, uh, being cut. So he wasn't going to go on anyways. But that, in this this weekend, we also saw Harold Landry get knocked out for the Titans. We also saw Tommy Sweeney and Matt Milano get knocked out. And uh, my, my, my thoughts and condolences go to Matt Milano. I felt really bad. You know, if you watch the 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 review of that um, Tyreek Hill touchdown where he waves um, bye bye or gives the peace sign 15 yards out, that was at Matt Milano, a former Boston College linebacker. So uh, that was a big moment. But now Boston College, if I am correct, has one player left in the NFL playoffs to win a title for a Boston College alumni, and that is Wyatt Ray a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. So if you are all in on just your, your root, say, say you're a Patriots fan or a Jets fan, or even a Bills fan, and you're just rooting for whatever team has a Boston college player left, you got to go with the Bengals at this point, because they are the only team left that has a Boston college player. And, and I don't even believe he uh, registered a tackle against the Titans, but regardless, he could still win a title. So he's going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes in that buzzsaw offense on uh, next weekend. But you know, when you watch football games like this, you re- you know these this weekend, you realize why you like the sport so much, especially when you don't have a rooting interest. Like I'm a, you guys know, I'm I'm from New England. I'm a Patriots fan. Um, my 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 fandom. I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not an obnoxious Boston fan. Um, but you know, when they lost last week, I was like, oh cool, I can just kind of watch and enjoy football. And and what a treat it was to watch those games. To watch four games of just really really exciting games. Uh, really exciting outcomes, excuse me. Uh, that was that was quite the experience, and I don't know how they're going to top it. I mean, can we just kind of cancel the rest of the games and just have the Bills and Chiefs play again in the Super Bowl? I feel like that would be fun. But anyways, t- on tomorrow's show, we are going to recap all the events of the day. We'll give you all the news and updates and anything else we know about the offensive coordinator position. Maybe we'll have some more recruiting news as well. So check out Locked on Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. If you've done so and you've already subscribed, it's free, it's easy, and it's a nice way to help out the podcast because YouTube really does get our name out to more people. So hit that subscribe button. Just look up Locked on Boston. If you're listening on your computer right now, go on YouTube and just look up Locked on Boston College and hit that subscribe button right now. I'll give you two seconds. Go ahead. 
All right. Hopefully you did that. Hit that subscribe button. Write a comment there too. If you're a commenter, it help, all of this helps grow our podcast. So I want to thank each and every one of you that has made Boston Lockdown Boston College part of your daily routine. We'll be back again tomorrow with even more news. Thank you again. This is AJ Black. Have a great night.